Hello, family and friends. I'm honored again today to have with me Pastor Daryl Thompson II from Mount Carmel, Illinois. And Pastor, thank you. It's been such a blessing already thank you. hearing your testimonies. And I know sometimes we forget about how important our testimonies are and how people yes. listening just need to hear something like Absolutely. that. And I just know, I felt in my heart, Pastor, that people out there thinking about suicide and people with yes, money problems. Absolutely. And I know you've already helped some people, Pastor. So Amen. praise God. God's a good God. Yes, he and is. if we don't quit, we're going to win. That's exactly right. So praise God. So <laughs> we're going to pray and get started here. Father, Amen. we're so thankful. You're a good God. You're a merciful God. You're a loving God. Father, we're thankful you sent your son Jesus to die on yes. that cross at Calvary. Yes, you did. And he's not just a way. He's the way. That's right. Father, we're thankful. We're not going Thank into this Jesus. new doctrine about there's other ways to heaven, Father. That is a lie from That's the right. pit of hell. We yes, know that, is. Father, and we're going to stand on the truth till the very end, Father, that Jesus is the only way. And we thank you for his sacrifice at Calvary. In his precious name we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, Pastor, I'm going to kick it over to you. I know you got some things you want to share about the prodigal Amen. son, I believe. Yeah, absolutely. I just kind of want to talk about this. When I was giving my testimony, it's one of the things that in the middle of everything that we went to, I'll never forget in the middle of our worst moment that we thought in ministry, we were about four, about five years into it. And uh, we're 12 years old now, our church is, but we were about five years into it. And the Lord spoke to me and he says, I'm taking you into the wilderness. He goes, I'm going to take you into the wilderness and I'm hiding you and you're not coming out until I tell you it's okay to come out until I do what I need to do in you. And so what happened in the middle of the wilderness for me was this. I didn't want to go at first, but I, but I, but I did say yes. I struggled with it at first, and I said, "Okay, Lord, I'll go." And He took me into the wilderness, and what I found in the middle of the wilderness, more than anything, was I found Him. You know, the majority of of times, and I, I'm just going to say this, and well, you guys th that are listening can go and search the Scripture yourself to find out. You, you should be a Berean anyway, and search to find out if what I'm saying is the truth. But I, I found out I, what happened was is God took me into the wilderness. And what I thought he was doing is what is not what he was really doing. He was really going in to dig inside of me and get everything that wasn't of him out. And in the middle of taking everything out, I found out that the Lord had taken me into a systemic exodus from religion. Mm. He was pulling me out of what I thought I always knew and what I thought was always right. Wow. Now, I'm not talking about... He took me into a new doctrine, to a different doctrine, to this and that. He took me out of systemic religion because I don't really have time on podcasts to tell you, but I can take, for example, one of the greatest, most awesome books of the Bible, and they're, we, they're all good and they're all awesome, right? But we, we all have our little favorites, yep. you know, sometimes we love to go to, right? Yep. And so Luke chapter 15 began to be one of those sections of Scripture in the Bible and, and chapters and books of the Bible that the Lord took me to. And when he did, what I found in devotional intimacy was something very, very interesting. If you start out in the in, in Luke chapter 15, many of us know, we we'll start out in verse 1. I'm not going to read this, but we know the headings in our Bible say the parable of the lost sheep. Mm -hmm. when, you, when you go in and look, it, it, there's another section, and Jesus is talking in parables to, to everyone that is around them. But it's interesting that the Pharisees and the money changers are who's listening to this parable that's being spoken. And the first one is the parable of the lost sheep. And then he goes into the woman who loses the coin. It's the parable of the lost coin. Mm -hmm. Okay. So then we get into what we all know, one of the most, we don't really pay too much attention for the first verse one through 10, because 
those are interesting, but let's get to the really to the good stuff, we think. And so we go down to verse 11 and we get into what we know and what we've always been taught our entire life since I was a very a kid. We're, we talk, we, we know this as uh, not the parable of the redeemed heir. We talk about it being the parable of the uh, prodigal son. Mm-hmm. And so, which is interesting because Jesus never called him the prodigal son. Mankind called him the prodigal uh-huh. son. Jesus said he had prodigal living. Okay. But the question becomes is this, because I've heard this my entire life. The, the, if you're going to preach a salvation message, what do you want to do? Well, let's go and let's pull out the, and let's preach a message on salvation about the prodigal son out of Luke chapter 15, verse 11. Let's read the whole section and let's, let's make this about, uh, about someone who has never known Jesus. Mm-hmm. The problem with that is, is context in scripture is always king. Yeah. The context of scripture is so important and, it, and context is so essential it doesn't allow us to change it because if you take scripture, use it out of context, you've changed the meaning of what that scripture is. And then we've wondered why in the church, why the church has no power. The church has no power today because they do a lot of things by taking scripture out of context and context and applying it to things that it doesn't apply to. Yeah. And so therefore, we go, the, I told you about the parable of the lost sheep. Jesus takes the, he's got a hundred sheep, one leaves. What's Jesus do? He leaves the 99 to go save the one. Yeah. The question is, the, the woman has the lost coin. She is frantically searching for the lost coin. So we get into make the parable of the of the prodigal son as a as the prodigal son is someone who has never who, who has never been a son. Mm-hmm. But the question is, is the lost Jesus wasn't going, he didn't leave the 99 sheep to go after a goat. He left mm-hmm. the 99 sheep to go after a sheep. Mm-hmm. The sheep that was lost was never not a sheep. He was always a sheep in the flock, but when he was lost, he was still lost. He was still sheep. He never changed being a sheep. Okay. The coin that the woman was looking for, she's, it, it never stopped being a coin. It was always a coin. It was a lost coin. Mm-hmm. I call the, the boy in the uh, verse 11 through uh, 32, I call him the redeemed heir. Because even in the middle of his prodigal living, he was never not a son. Mm-hmm. He was always a son. Mm-hmm. He was just a wayward son. Mm-hmm. And so... There's some interesting things in this story, and matter of fact, that we'll we even get to in here in the next podcast. But what's interesting in the story is that there's so many things in it. You know, we want to talk about the prodigal son, we want to talk about this and that. But there's another guy in the story that gets he he don't get a whole lot of attention, and he's the other brother. Mm-hmm. And actually, the other brother's in worse shape than the one that was lost, <laughs> because the other brother has an ugly, nasty heart in the middle of being in, dad, in daddy's house. Mm-hmm. And so we leave him uh, alone sometimes. And I found out for me, Greg, in my life, a lot of times, I found myself more than I was ever the lost sheep or the, or the prodigal son. I've been in a lot of times in my, 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 my life, I've been the other brother. Mm-hmm. I've been jealous of people. Jeal- you know, why is that happening to them? I can't believe that. Look what I've been doing I, I, you know, the whole life. But it, it, real quick here, I'd just like to just read this scripture and yeah. then we can talk, to, talk about it a little more. I know we're getting close to the end of this one. But it's called the parable, in my Bible here, it's called the parable of the lost son. I call him the parable, uh, talk about the redeemed heir. Um, Just to give you an example, you know, 
scripture is what it is. It's scripture. We can't change it. We can't do it. It, it is the infallible word of God, right? Amen. Amen. But we need to, we have to understand that the headings that we see above these were put in there by man. Mm-hmm. Okay. So yeah. it doesn't make that the, it doesn't make the word of God uh, fallible because of that, because it's not right. all 66 books are God's word. It's yep. the truth. It's 100% the truth. And we don't get to decide what we want to disregard. Amen. We have to take it in its, in its fullness, all 66 books. But let me just read this real quick. And so, you know, for example, we, we talk about headings in the book. We've called him the prodigal, the prodigal son, and we labeled him something that Jesus never labeled him because Jesus said he is prodigal. He, he was in prodigal living. Mm-hmm. In other words, he was committing all these sins in yeah. the lifestyle he was in. Yeah. But that wasn't who he was. He was still a son. Yeah. And so it's just like, blind. It's, for example, it's just like Bartimaeus. We don't know. If I was to just tell the normal church world, can I tell you the story about Bartimaeus? The majority of the church wouldn't know who Bartimaeus was Mm -hmm. because I didn't identify him in his shortcoming. His shortcoming is blind Bartimaeus. Mm -hmm. But when Jesus comes, he's not blind Bartimaeus anymore. He never was. He's Bartimaeus. He has a name. And so uh, I just want to read this real quick, if that's okay, and and then we'll get into some of it. It says this. It says, Then he said, A certain man had two sons, and the younger of them said to his father, Father, forgive me the portion of goods that falls to me. So he divided to them his livelihood, and not many days after, the younger son gathered all together, journeyed to a far country, and there wasted his possessions with prodigal living. There it is. Those are Jesus' words. And it says, And but when he had spent all, but when he had spent all, there arose a severe famine in the land, and he began to be in want. Then he went out and joined himself to the citizen of the country and sent him into his fields to feed swine. And he would gladly have filled his stomach with the pods that the swine ate, and no one gave him anything. But when he came to himself, he said, "How many of my father's hired servants have bread enough to spare, and I perish with hunger?" I will arise and go to my father and will say to him, Father, I've sinned against heaven and before you, and I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired servants. And he arose and came to his father. But when he was still a great way off, his father saw him and had compassion and ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. And the son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and in your sight, and I am no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, Bring out the best robe and put it on him and put a ring on his hand and sandals on his feet. And bring the fatted calf here and kill it and let us eat and be merry. For this my son was dead and is alive. Again, he was lost and is found and they began to be merry. Now his older son was in the field and as he came and drew near to the, to, near to the house, he heard music and dancing. So he called one of the servants and asked what these things meant. And the son said to him, your brother has come and because he has received him safe and sound, your father has killed the fatted calf. But he was angry and would not go in. Therefore, his father came out and pleaded with him. So he answered and said to his father, Lo, this many years I've been serving you. I've never transgressed your commandment or at any time. And and you have never gave me a young goat that I might make merry with my friends. But as soon as this son of yours comes, who has devoured your livelihood with harlots, you killed the fatted calf for him. And he said to him, Son, you are always with me and all that I have is yours. It was right that we should make merry and be glad for your brother was dead and is alive again and was lost and is found. Father, we just thank you this morning to be able to get uh, be here, Lord, and to get into this podcast, Lord. I thank you for it. I pray you be with those that are listening today. And Lord, I thank you that you'll give us some clarity as we open up into the next podcast, going into the story of the redeemed heir. We thank you that you love us, that you died for us, that your blood was shed for us, that there could never be any other blood that could cleanse us of sin, that could make us whole, make us pure before you. It's only your blood. 
We thank you for it, Jesus, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Well, Pastor, how do they reach your church again? They can reach us at theriverchurchmtc.com. I will thank you, Pastor. We're going to continue on this tomorrow. And folks, we sure love you all. Please go talk to someone about Jesus today. And remember, Jesus thought about you on the cross at Calvary.